Hello, welcome to another Harmony UK podcast. This one's edition number 29. It's April 2021. I'm John Beasley and quite a newsy podcast lined up for you. Later, we'll be talking diversity with a new man at the British Association of Barbershop Singers who's taken responsibility for reaching out to groups currently underrepresented in that organisation. But first... Audiences at international conventions run by North America's Barbershop Harmony Society are well used to prodigious virtuoso performances like this one from the 2019 Champions Westminster Chorus. And into that mix will soon be coming new sounds, perhaps a bit like this. Amersham a cappella's gold-winning performance from the 2019 convention of the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers. Well, now in their 45th year, Labs have just signed a global affiliation agreement with the BHS, the world's oldest barbershop organisation, which will let their champion choruses and quartets compete alongside the world's finest. Significantly, they're the first all-women's barbershop concern to strike such a deal. It was jointly announced for the two groups by Lab's outgoing chair Nancy Philbin and her successor Natalie Fedden, and for BHS by their chief executive Marty Monson and society president John Donahauer. On behalf of the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers, I am delighted to announce today that we have entered into a global alliance agreement with the Barbershop Harmony Society. This agreement expands the range of services we can offer our singers in education and competition, enabling us to enjoy being a bigger part of the worldwide barbershop community. We're so excited for Labs to become the 12th organization to join our global alliance and the first all women's organization. This directly reflects our commitment to making sure all people can find the singing setting that's best for them whether in men's, women's, or mixed harmony ensembles. Partnering with Labs will help both organizations learn from one another and raise the total volume of singers everywhere. We're looking forward to singing with you very soon, whether it be at Virtual Harmony University, online, or hopefully face-to-face. Nancy Philbin stepped down as chair at the recent Labs AGM, and she was there throughout the negotiations. She's been talking to me about the new agreement. We're really excited about it. It's, it's great to be part of something so so much bigger than, than just labs. Um, yeah, you, you're right. You know, there are so many other organisations in this. Um, we we see benefits in there for, you know, our choruses and quartets. They'll get an opportunity to go and compete in America if they wish to do that. More generally than that, um, there are education guides available for our, our own members, discount on merchandise, copyright services, um, a whole raft really of, of things that you know will appeal to 
everybody, we think. So a lot of opportunities there. Of all the things that you've mentioned, though, what is the biggest draw? Is it that chance to send your best quartets and choruses over to compete with BHS in America? Um, it's part of the draw, um, because being able to send our top chorus and our top quartet, for example, is, is probably just a very small proportion of our membership number. So for me, um, I think it's access to the judging programme, because our judges then train to the BHS standard, and that in turn helps us keep our standards up, and it keeps us up there. So that, that for me, is is a major draw but there are all these other things in there that appeal to um, the whole membership. Well some of the things that you mentioned used to happen informally I mean labs and babs both judge to BHS standards and American judges do visit this country and they do help out uh, perhaps just for their expenses. Yeah. Uh, because of this agreement though you're gonna have to pay now aren't you? We do have to pay something for it now um, we think it's very good value for money at um, less than I believe 25p 25 English pence per um, labs member. So we think that's excellent value. So that's 25 pence per member, what, uh, per year? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, the lab subs then uh, won't have to go up because of this agreement? No, no. Don't see them before. I can see why this is good news for labs leading choruses and quartets. Uh, I'm sure that the Cheshire Chord Company, Amisham Acapella, uh, the White Rosettes, uh, uh, some others too will be keen to win a, a chance yeah. to compete at BHS convention. Can just add Crystal Chords to that little... Uh, yeah, Crystal Chords, yeah. I, I did say that there were others. Uh, shall we throw in Gem Connection as well? Those clubs will be very excited, but there are quite a few yes. labs choruses which don't often compete, uh, some who don't even go to convention. Uh, why should this make much of a difference to any of them? I mean, why should they care? Um, the opportunities are there for them to take advantage of, as, as they wish, I think I said earlier on. Um, you know, BHS will offer technical support um, if we want that. Um, access to education. There's, so there's educator guides that we can download for free. And we have all the links on our on our own lab's website now. Um, they can look at the Harmonizer online newsletter magazine type thing. Um, you know, access to copyright services. And, and we all need those things, um, you know, in order for the choruses to function. So I think those are, are real good benefits for across the board. Is this new alliance agreement then going to have any impact on how Labs goes about doing things? Um, what, what do you mean, John? Well, take the chance for top choruses to compete at international convention. Now, your best choruses score in the high 70s, low 80s, uh, maybe in the mid 80s on a good day. Uh, the best BHS choruses, though, people like Vocal Majority and Westminster Chorus and the like, um, they're all in the high 90s. That's a big gap to close, isn't it? Um, there is. Um, we take inspiration from choruses from, you know, BHS and, and all around the world. And I think every, you know, every organisation will always look to somebody else. And that's that's our plan. So you'll be looking to BHS, but then Labs has always said it's not following in anyone else's footsteps. What's the difference between those two statements? Um, we're not looking to follow in somebody's footsteps. So are we? Are we on chorus? Are we on choruses now? Uh, well, yeah, we've been talking about the success of, uh, right. of choruses. Um, you know, I, I accept what you say there. That you know, the, the BHS choruses are scoring in the nineties. Um, I think um, 
our top scoring chorus were scoring that 84 or 85%. But but we look to, you know, we always look to improve. Um, I, I don't see it changing anything at all, except we will take inspiration from, from the top choruses around the world. What about with technical assistance? I mean, labs have been making some really, really great videos uh, for your big weekend and so on. Uh, but BHS has been doing this a lot longer and they are specially good at streaming conventions. I mean, would you take help and advice from them on that? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see why we wouldn't do that, really. Um, you know, they've got knowledge that they can share. We, we may have knowledge that, that we can share with them too. So it is, it is about sharing things. Um, and we'll take advantage of, of any expertise that they have. Are there, I wonder, things that the Barbershop Harmony Society could learn from labs? I mean, during the pandemic, for example, you have been pretty good, pretty successful at keeping your members active and engaged and, 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 and keeping them interested in labs online. Uh, lots of imaginative events and things. Is, is that something that uh, BHS might be interested in finding out more about, do you think? Um, yeah, we were really proud of um, what we managed to do through the pandemic and what we continue to do. We kept our numbers high um, in membership. We um, we even attracted new members, which you know is quite remarkable given that we're all on Zoom through Learn to Sing Things. So I guess you know um, every organisation will have its own ideas about what works well, and you know we'd be very happy to share any any ideas if anybody wanted to listen to them um, about how we how we managed to you know keep keep ourselves going and keep enthusiasm high. How long did it take to? get this agreement with BHS? Uh, I mean, how long were you talking together? We've been talking to BHS for several years. I think it goes back to, it's probably six years ago when the, the first talk started. And although this is the 12th affiliation for BHS with groups around the world, Labs is the first all-women's barbershop organisation that they've partnered with. That's right. Um, and, you know, we're, we're delighted to be just that we see it really as although it's a you know a partnership with a predominantly male association it's actually you know it's it's a partnership with another barbershop organization and that's really how we see it um you know so yeah it's brilliant that we're that we're women that we're going in there but we are we are all in this together and, and all friends together so where among the frequently asked questions about the agreement on the labs website you raise the possibility of twinning choruses. Uh, you would be happy, would you, to see ladies' choruses from the UK uh, twin with male BHS choruses. Um, is that right? Yes, I wouldn't I wouldn't see why we couldn't do that. I mean, at the moment, we're on virtual, we're on Zoom, so there are no geographical boundaries. Um, you know, it's, it's easy, isn't it? You know, you can you just put your screen on and, and we're all there. And, you know, hopefully we can, you know, broker a, a good relationship with, with choruses and quartets. And, and if they ever happen to be in our neck of the woods, then, you know, they'd be always very welcome to come and visit, see what it is we do. Um, you know, if it's a man, you may not necessarily be able to join in. But we have had, you know, we have had men barbershoppers to Crystal Chords in the past. And, you know, they just enjoy the experience, whether or not they sing, because it's just it's just joining in, isn't it? I guess one of the reasons that this deal will be seen as significant is that uh, BHS in the past has approached Sweet Adelines and also, I understand, talked to Harmony Inc., uh, but without any agreement with either of them. What is it about labs which means that you can do a deal with BHS when these other women's barbershop organisations either couldn't or wouldn't? Um, well, I don't know why they couldn't or wouldn't. Um, that's not really anything to do with labs. Um, it's just it's, it's a good move for us. And certainly our relationship with particularly Harmony Inc. is excellent. I was at their convention last 
well, whenever we could last go to a convention, 2019, I think, in um, Sandusky, Ohio. And, um, you know, I had a chairman's clock on my sideboard that the Harmony Inc., you know, provide to the chairman for the two years that they're in, in post. And, you know, we, we do that. We we each donate a trophy to the competition. So um, our, our relationship with Harmony Inc. has always been excellent. Um, and, you know, closer to home, our relationship with Region 31 of Sweet Adelines is, is great. You know, we speak to them as part of the Barbershop in Harmony um, group. And, you know, everything's fine. I, but I really don't know why. I couldn't comment really on why, the, you know, the bigger organisations... Mm. You mentioned Region 31. I guess one reason for a club joining them rather than labs in the past was that apart from Europe every four years, uh, your choruses didn't compete internationally, whereas theirs did. I suppose in the light of the new BHS agreement, some of their choruses might reconsider whether to join labs. Um, Well, you know, it's it's no secret that we've gone into this alliance with um, BHS and, you know, on our website, there are all the frequently asked questions that anybody can look at. So, um, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all there. So in this uncertain world, is it yeah, possible yeah. to say when your uh, leading choruses and quartets will be competing at an international convention at BHS? I would hope for 2023. That's the best guess that I could take at the moment. And if things are uncertain, I'd imagine you, you probably don't know who will be representing labs at this point. That's right. So, you know, it's a kind of, um, it's just a kind of unknown, really, at the moment. Um, Let's hope that there is a convention to send people to in 2023, because that's, you know, we don't know what the world will bring. But um, 2023 would be the plan. A final point. I mean, does does this bring labs closer to babs i mean you both have to deal with bhs over the same issues international conventions competitions judges Uh, is there a chance that you might be able to work more closely together perhaps even merge some of the things that you do together um we our conventions for example we some of their tech people come along and they they help us out um labs needs a scores program as does babs at the moment um the scores program that we had isn't kind of not fit for purpose anymore so we're looking for something else and babs are doing the groundwork on that um um, we're partnering with them and you know making sure that the the thing is mutually it benefits both of us if you like so more widely than that you know we we get on very well i get on very well with alan alan hughes um although you know i'm not i'm not chair anymore um you know but um the, the the board at babs are very approachable and we all get on very well together Nancy Philbin, who's just relinquished the chair's position with the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers. Our good wishes to her successor, Natalie Fedden, from Velvet Harmony in South East London. And I'm sure that we'll be hearing more in future podcasts as the affiliation agreement between Labs and BHS takes root and develops. Well, now to another budding transatlantic relationship. Racism is something that I've been uh, very keenly aware of since I was a kid, um, just based on where I grew up. And I'd say when I was a child, um, it made me scared. The idea of racism made me scared when I realized that that there was a difference. It, it created a safe space for people to present situations with a topic that's kind of taboo and talking about. Like the fundamental problems on my end as well as on another end for me to stand so true in my part that I think I have it before I come to harm. 
Some of the voices of contributors to an online event called Race and Real Talk, hosted in the US by Halo Quartet. Halo were the first African-American quartet to compete internationally. The four members, tenor Shanna Oshiro, lead Portia Pitts, bass Jasmine Barnes and baritone Nyambi Powell, have been at the forefront of initiatives in American barbershop to combat racism and promote inclusion. Now BABS, the British Association of Barbershop Singers, has approached them for help in promoting diversity among barbershoppers on this side of the pond. Lawrence Hassan, the new BABS vice-chairman, recently took on the responsibility on the BABS board for developing strategies to improve inclusion and diversity. I've been asking him about his new role. It's an area that I obviously feel very passionately about, and I, I feel that there's lots that uh, BABS could be doing to kind of improve our work in this area. And I think when I was uh, interviewing for the role of vice chairman on the board it was something which I brought to the board as something I would like to be involved in um, so I always intended to take on the diversity and inclusion portfolio um, in, in my role as the vice chair. So what uh, is it that got you you interested in, in in the subject of diversity in the first place? Well professionally I'm a clinical psychologist so I have been trained to, to think about um, people from a diverse uh, kind of a range of um, backgrounds and set of different uh, identities and the, the intersectionality of different identities in our society and how we construct various uh, aspects of ourselves and uh, how we interact with the systems around us. So I think my interest in diversity and inclusion started there. And then obviously looking at barbershop, uh, and I've been involved in the British barbershop scene for well over a decade now. And um, I just thought it would be, a, it's a, a good time as well. It's a very timely project to be to be working on. Um, if you look at the kind of broader societal narratives in the media, and of course the recent uh, Black Lives Matter movement, it's very important that we uh, begin to ad address these issues. As we we should have been addressing them a long time ago, but it's the very least we can do to start addressing them now and work to kind of improve that aspect of of Babs and the uh, the broader British barbershop scene. Well, well, let's let's take a look at some of those things. I mean, if 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 you are a barbershop chorus to begin with, uh, and we have uh, 60-odd in, in Babs and many more across the land, what does it mean to be diverse? What, what sort of issues you sh should you be looking at? Okay. Well, I guess there's a, there's a number of different ways of looking at it. Um, it diversity, I guess one could uh, say that it does your chorus kind of um, represent the local population from which the chorus is supposed to uh, kind of represent. Um, Babs now being a, a CIO or, or a charitable corporate organisation, um, one of the charitable aims of Babs as a charitable organisation is to spread our love of barbershop and share our education about barbershop singing um, with the local population. So I guess if, if that is uh, one of our aims, then we should be sharing that with all parts of the local uh, population and all demographics. And I think historically and, and, and currently, we, we tend to represent a particular homogenous demographic slightly more than others in our organisation. So it, I think diversification uh, would mean for there, for there to be uh, both a visible and invisible increase in the uh, heterogeneity of the demographics of different people Ooh. which are represented in our clubs. Heterogeneity is a very long word. What does it mean? Well, homogeneity is, is simply things being quite similar, and, and uh, people are people are quite familiar with homogeneous uh, and homogeneity as a, uh, a concept. So, I think heterogeneity is simply the opposite, i.e., to be including things which are not similar to one another. 
I, I live in a very diverse area in West London. Lots of other people do in, 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 in big cities in England uh, and, and some parts of Scotland as well. Isn't part of the problem, though, that the founders of Barbershop, Owen Cash and, and, and Rupert Hall, were very, very good at painting a picture of Barbershop being mainly for middle-aged white men, frequently with moustaches and funny-looking jackets, who like singing sentimental songs. And if you don't belong to that particular group, or you don't have a particular penchant for sentimental songs, you, you may conclude, without very much thinking about it, that Barbershop really isn't for you and it needn't trouble your life. You are absolutely right. And uh, part of the, the problem and the, the, the perpetuation of the problem over many many years has been um, that many people look at barbershop from the outside and it doesn't look like something that they would belong to um, or maybe it doesn't look like something from them and of course the irony as we many of us know now being the historical appropriation of the barbershop style from its roots which are not very much not in a in a in a white background so the fact that the the bhs and most other barbershop organizations globally are very much um, white organizations is not true to the roots of barbershop at all um, and as we know david Wright does an excellent course on this uh, and the history of barbershop and um, so I think one of the things that we are looking at now is we're you know turning the eye on ourselves and and thinking well why why is it that when people look at barbershop um, and do they not think that this must be something that's not for me um, and how do we create a more welcoming organization and a more inclusive organization so that anyone can look at a Babs convention and say I'd be okay here. I, I want to be able to know that I belong here um, and I can go along and sing. Um, and it's going to be a long, slow journey, um, but we have to start it now so that we can try to change this um, in the future. So do you have tips already for choruses or will you be developing um, uh, hints and tips for choruses on, on how they can make people feel more included as, as and when they arrive? Absolutely, because it's a very difficult thing. Uh, and for many people, there is it's a hard question, where do we even begin to know? So we are helping, uh, hoping to develop um, some strategies and advice and some tips which we will disseminate to choruses on a local scale for them to be able to implement within their local communities. But first, we we as a board, you know, we're very um, open and transparent. We need to work a lot of things out first before for ourselves, because there's a lot of things that we could be doing better. So first, we need to uh, um, come up with our own policies and strategies on a, on a broader national scale um, to make sure that we're heading in the right direction. And of course, that involves lots of consultation with the right people. Um, so um, we will continue to do that before, I guess, before we uh, <laughs> before we go to clubs locally. But but we will do that in the future. Are we talking to some degree about changing repertoire? I mean, we, we're already seeing, for example, appeals to younger people by by having, you know, artists like Bruno Mars or Adele uh, uh, adapted for four part close harmony. I'm just wondering, I mean, there's, there's a guy, for example, in my chorus, who's from an Indian background, and he's done a little experimentation with Hindi songs and trying to arrange them with chords that would be acceptable to barbershop. Are we, are we also looking at extending the repertoire that far? I think it's always great to extend uh, the barbershop repertoire. Um, it's always finding that balance between... Um, pushing the boundaries and extending the repertoire whilst m maintaining some sense of being true to the barbershop style. Well, that's the um, problem, isn't it? Because you, you could lose the style if you go a long way down this route. Yeah. And I don't I don't concern myself with that. That's for the Babs judges to worry about. <laughs> um, but I do think that you, br you bring up an excellent point with regards to repertoire, because what we've seen um, in, in uh, the last few years and in, in many different uh, barbershop contests across the globe is, uh, is um, 
a, a greater awareness that certain songs are not appropriate to be sung anymore um, and, and arguably were never appropriate to, to be sung. But I think what it was is that there is now an increased awareness about the historical and cultural context of certain repertoire songs. Um, and many uh, choruses and quartets are having a look at their repertoire and thinking, is this an appropriate um, song for us to be singing given, given its roots? And I know that Sweet Adelines, for example, have introduced a, um, a tool to help people think about um, the song because it's very important to say this isn't about um dictating to people what songs are and are not appropriate or what songs they can and cannot sing nobody's saying that what we're just encouraging people is to encouraging people to reflect on and think about with an open mind uh, the appropriateness of the songs that they're choosing to sing and how that might be received by certain people in in the audiences that they're singing to um because if it's coming from the right place, people will will hopefully, uh, you know, if it's coming f- with a good heart, then people will make the right decisions about their songs. How, how do you get that across to people, though? Is Babs going to develop, a, I, I don't know, a database of uh, songs, for example, which might have originated um, from, from, from the Dixieland uh, scene in America and say, well, there might be language in this that's inappropriate or perhaps the sentiment of the song might not be appropriate? Oh, yes, I, I see what you're saying. Pretty, pretty close. But again, I think it's it's more about an individual basis. So rather than there being a, a list or a database of, of songs, um, we'd say what you really should do is when you pick up a new song, um, go away and have a bit of a Google um, and see who wrote the song, when they wrote the song um, and what it was written about so that you find out more about the songs which you're singing, which is always good as well from a performance point of view for us to know more. Um, but if you look into the song's history and you find that perhaps there are things like you were mentioning, which are maybe not appropriate for us to be singing about anymore, um, then that would be good. So we will take on an individual responsibility for checking the uh, appropriateness of our repertoire. Well, so far we've been talking age and cultural diversity, but there also are questions around disability, aren't there? I mean, I was reading one fascinating post from a performance judge named Sandy Wright on one of the barbershop forums on Facebook. Uh, Sandy had met someone who was an excellent singer uh, who was also on the autism spectrum and had a real problem, real issue with eye contact. And of course, Expression through the eyes and making eye contact is one of those things that we're always being told to do in barbershop. And it could be that in this case, our own aspirations, our own rules about performance are actually a barrier to someone who would otherwise enjoy barbershop a great deal. Yes, you can be absolutely right. And um, ability and disability are a very important part of um, identity, which we um, would be looking at within the context of our wider diversity and inclusion, um, coming at it from a point of view of the social graces. So we've got, um, we're looking at things like gender, looking at race um, and religion, age, ability levels, culture and class, um, ethnicity, people's levels of education, and then people's um, sexual um, orientation, um, gender identities, spirituality, and um, and other characteristics. So we'll be looking at all of those things. And we've already partnered with both uh, Halo Quartet over in America, um, who have been rolling out some training um, about race and ethnicity to um, our MDs, the Babs Board of Volunteers, and shortly to our executive teams. And also with the Stonewall Charity, who um, are doing some training again for, for Babs, um, but on um, on gender and sexuality. Um, and I think your, your point about... Um, ability or disability, and in the case of um, autistic spectrum disorder, neurodisability and neurodiversity is a wonderful one. And it's an area which I work in. So I'm very passionate about. Um, And I do, I think that things like 
emoting and facial expressions. That's a, that's a fascinating thing to think about. Um, but again, I think uh, on an individual level, everybody presents with a profile of strengths and difficulties and things which uh, some people find uh, easy and some people find more difficult. Um, and I think it's about kind of uh, recognising and what those individual challenges are for people and supporting them where needed. Um, and yeah, everyone will have their own kind of uh, things that they want to work on. But uh, do you think that the the judging categories are 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 would would put up a barrier? Do you think? I, I, I was wondering that. I mean, this this is certainly what this post from 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 Sandy Wright was suggesting that maybe judges ought to rethink what they what they're looking for because they're they're asking some people things which are. Are, are quite difficult for them to grasp and because they have a disability which makes those issues difficult to grasp why why should they then be excluded or you know uh, perhaps discouraged from competition I, th- I think that was that was the gist of it I see I think that's a lovely point I, I think that's really good and at, at the end of the day uh, our hobby our love of singing and barbershop and performance I think is about um, in part entertaining an audience right so you, you get up on the stage and you you, sh- you give the audience a, a, love, a wonderful thing to listen to and to watch uh, and, and it's an experience so that the audience will hopefully remember that they'll enjoy in the moment and that they will remember and whatever that looks like um you know that it varies quite a lot across the across our barbershop community what that experience of of one's performance looks like and it feels like um but i don't think there should be any any barriers to that um and there may be many different ways in which one can convey a fantastic experience to an audience member I'm just wondering, has Babs managed to build up a picture of its own levels of diversity at the moment? I mean, do you have any statistics on on any of this? That's another very good question. And that will be one of the first things that we do. Um, We're just putting together and finalising our diversity and inclusion team. And one of the first things that we do is going to be to have a a look inward at what the Babs membership looks like in terms of our demographics and how representative they are so that we know what we're working with to start with and um, what areas we we do need to do some improvement on. So I don't have any statistics at the moment um, about the the demographics of Babs, Um, but it's important to say that that will also be an opt-in process so nobody is ever going to be forced to disclose uh, aspects of their identity or characteristics about themselves that they're not comfortable to. So it, w- it will be a voluntary opt-in process. But can clubs expect to get some kind of survey, some kind of questionnaire from you in the, re- in the near future? I hope so. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and a final question to you. I mean, wh- wh- quite apart from any surveys or questionnaires, wh- when, when will you be getting in touch with, with various clubs in Babs? Because presumably in order to make all this happen, you, you need their cooperation. You need to be in dialogue with them. Absolutely. And, um, you know, diversity and inclusion work is is, is not a, a quick fix or a snap of the fingers. So at the moment, we're putting together an excellent team of diversity and inclusion officers um, who have experience in this area and also represent various different um, parts and demographics of our wonderful society. So once we finish putting together our team, which will be shortly, then we will be starting by developing a strategy uh, to plan out what it is that we want to do, um, because we're taking this very seriously. And we will want to uh, look at a number of different um, kind of key tasks and parts of the, this diversity and inclusion project, which I, I see as taking the next few years. So it's it's a really big piece of work um, that's uh, we're not going to um, do something for a couple of weeks or months and then and then say, OK, we did our bit because um, the whole board felt very strongly about one thing, which is that we we want our actions um, in the diversity and inclusion landscape to, to not be tokenistic. We're not we're not virtue signaling. We don't want to just, I don't know, put out a statement and leave it at that. We want to be seen 
to be active and uh, and taking proactive steps to, to actually be doing something that's really going to make a difference, um, engaging in, in training, rolling out that training to our clubs and slowly beginning to actually shift the culture of the organization. And as you'll know, that that's a, a huge task, which takes a very long time to like um, like turning uh, turning a cruise ship um, in a big slow circle. So we will be working to, to try to improve the culture of the organisation with a awareness and understanding of diversity and inclusion issues over the coming years. And is this the sort of area where perhaps through Barbershop in Harmony you might be able to work with labs and with Sweet Adelines as well? Because it strikes me that all the barbershop organisations have an interest in this subject. Absolutely. And we'd love to work with labs and Sweet Adelines on this as well. An offer of joint working on diversity from Lawrence Hassan, Vice Chairman of BABS. And again, it's a subject that I'm sure we'll return to in future editions of Harmony UK podcast. I noticed that Lawrence's chorus Meantime from Central London have an online event on April the 30th. Meantime at the movies will, I'm sure, be a great watch. Details on their chorus Facebook page. And we've been blessed with some great lockdown-style musical performances recently. Uh, The London City Singers concert on April the 9th is well worth a watch. You'll find it on YouTube. And on Saturday, April the 17th, that fabulous musical bear moth, the collective virtual chorus, will be celebrating a year of amazing lockdown performances involving literally thousands of singers in dozens and dozens of countries worldwide. A tremendous year for all concerned and for their founder, Simon Lubkowski. And lots of excitement at Babs Towers over a nationwide TV appearance for their in-house magazine, Harmony Express. Actually, I'm not quite sure where Babs Towers is located. In my imagination, it's somewhere in the English Midlands, a bit like Ambridge. Anyway, on Monday, the nation's favourite satirical TV panel show featured Hex. (laughs) Time now for the Missing Words Round, which this week features as its guest publication, Harmony Express the official magazine of the British Association of Barbershop Singers. Note from the editor begins, Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> oh, no. We should have done that all together, shouldn't we? Yeah, we Try should it again. Have, really. Note from the editor begins, Hello. 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 <laughs> I didn't join in because it's a quartet. Um. Have I got news for you where contestant journalists Helen Lewis and Ian Hislop and comedians Paul Merton and Jack Dee had to supply the missing words from a range of headlines supplied by question master and actor David Tennant. Among the headlines, this story. Next, Reg got into barbershop after his wife Watt on their 25th anniversary. Smeared Rod Stewart with mayonnaise. With his wife bought him three other men on their 25th anniversary dressed in matching red jackets. <laughs> You're pretty close, actually. Oh, am I? She hired a quartet. Hired a quartet. Yeah. Fred was over the moon when his wife said she'd organised an exciting foursome to celebrate their anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly faded when he answered the door. <laughs> Have I got a bit more news for you as broadcast on BBC Two on Monday, April the 12th. The teams also discussed and offered a few puns at the expense of one of Bab's best-known quartets. If you didn't see the show, then their identity can be safely made the subject of intrigue and suspense, the more to drive you to the BBC iPlayer to watch it on catch-up. The show should be around there until mid-May. And that's it for Harmony UK podcast number 29. Safe to say a huge thank you to the good folk at Babs, who provided me with a surprising yet delightful experience of being named their John Grant Barbershopper of the Year. The award was made in recognition of my work producing this podcast. Well, let's be honest, 
I'd never have won it for my singing. Uh, lovely to know that the podcast is enjoyed by fellow barbershoppers and a real honour to be chosen to receive the award, uh, doubly so as it's now given in memory of the late, great John Grant, who's been much missed by many in the barbershop community since he passed away from us last year. My congratulations to Debbie Joshi of the Manchester University Barbershop Singers, who was named Young Barbershopper of the Year. I'm hoping that we may hear more about mubs in our next podcast, which will be here before long. Uh, with vaccinations proceeding apace and the UK gradually shaking itself free of the torpor of lockdown, I'm hoping there will be good news to report about singing together. Fingers firmly crossed. Until then, from me, John Beasley, thank you for listening and bye-bye.